Section 19 of Letters to His Children by Theodore Roosevelt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Jeremy Logan. Study and Play. White House, October 24, 1903. Dear Ted, I am really greatly pleased at your standing so high in your form, and I am sure that this year it is better for you to be playing where you are in football. I suppose next year you will go back to your position of end, as you would hardly be heavy enough for playing back, or to play behind the center against teams with big fellows. I repeat that your standing in the class gave me real pleasure. I have sympathized so much with your delight in physical prowess, and have been so glad at the success you have had, that sometimes I have been afraid I have failed to emphasize sufficiently the fact that of course one must not subordinate study and work. To the cultivation of such prowess. By the way, I am sorry to say that I am falling behind physically. The last two or three years I have had a tendency to rheumatism, or gout, or something of the kind, which makes me very stiff. Renown is behaving better about automobiles and the like. I think the difference is largely in the way I handle him. He is a very good-natured and gentle horse, but timid and not overwise and when in a panic his great strength makes him well-nigh uncontrollable. Accordingly, he is a bad horse to try to force by anything. If possible, it is much better to give him a little time, and bring him up as gently as may be to the object of terror. When he behaves well, I lean forward and give him a lump of sugar, and now the old boy eagerly puts around his head when I stretch out my hand. Blystein, I have ridden very little, because I think one of his forelegs is shaky and I want to spare him all I can. Mother and I have had the most lovely rides imaginable. Quentin's First Fall White House, October 24th, 1903 Dear Kermit, Yesterday I felt rather seedy, having a touch of Cuban fever, my only unpleasant reminiscence of the Santiago campaign. Accordingly, I spent the afternoon in the house lying on the sofa, with a bright fire burning and mother in the rocking chair with her knitting beside me. I felt so glad that I was not out somewhere in the wilderness, campaigning or hunting, where I would have had to walk or ride all day in the rain and then lie out under a bush at night. When Alan will come from the trainers, I do not know. Rather to my surprise, Ronald has won golden opinions and really is a very nice dog. Pinkney loves him, and he sits up in the express wagon just as if it was what he had been born to do. Quentin is learning to ride the pony. He had one tumble, which, he remarked philosophically, did not hurt him any more than when I whacked him with a sofa cushion in one of our pillow fights. I think he will soon be able to manage the pony by himself. Mother has just taken the three children to spend the afternoon at Dr. Rixey's farm. I am hard at work on my message to Congress, and accordingly shall not try to go out or see anyone, either this afternoon or this evening. All of this work is terribly puzzling at times, but I peg away at it, and every now and then, when the dust clears away and I look around, I feel that I really have accomplished a little, at any rate. I think you stood well in your form, taking everything into account. I feel you deserve credit for being captain of your football eleven, and yet standing as high as you do in your class. Homesick for Sagamore Hill White House, 
November 4th, 1903. Dear Ted, Three cheers for Groton. It was first class. On election day, I saw the house, and it was all so lovely that I felt fairly homesick to be back in it. The Japanese maples were still in full leaf and were turning the most beautiful shades of scarlet imaginable. The old barn, I am sorry to say, seems to be giving away at one end. Renown now behaves very well about automobiles, and indeed about everything. He is, however, a little touched in the wind. Blystein, in spite of being a little shaky in one foreleg, is in splendid spirits and eager for any amount of go. When you get on here for the Christmas holidays, you will have to try them both. For if there is any fox hunting, I am by no means sure you will find it better to take Blystein than Renown. Sister is handsome and good, having had a delightful time. That was a funny trick which the Indians played against Harvard. Harvard did well to play such a successful uphill game in the latter part of the second half as to enable them to win out. But I do not see how she stands a chance of success against Yale this year. Joy over a football victory. White House, November 4th, 1903. Dear Kermit, Tonight, while I was preparing to dictate a message to Congress concerning the boiling cauldron on the Isthmus of Panama, which has now begun to bubble over, up came one of the ushers with a telegram from you and Ted about the football match. Instantly I bolted into the next room to read it aloud to mother and sister, and we all cheered in unison when we came to the rah, rah, rah part of it. It was a great score. I wish I could have seen the game. Vice Mother of the Children White House, November 15th, 1903 Dear Kermit, Didn't I tell you about Hector, Briar, and Sailor Boy, dogs, when I saw them on election day? They were in excellent health, lying around the door of Seaman's house, which they had evidently adopted as their own. Sailor Boy and Briar were exceedingly affectionate, Hector kindly, but uninterested. Mother has gone off for nine days, and as usual I am acting as vice-mother. Archie and Quentin are really too cunning for anything. Each night I spend about three-quarters of an hour reading to them. I, first of all, read some book like Algonquin Indian Tales or the poetry of Scott or Macaulay. Once I read them Jim Bloodsoe, which perfectly enthralled them, and made Quentin ask me at least a hundred questions, including one as to whether the colored boy did not find sitting on the safety valve hot. I have also been reading them each evening from the Bible. It has been the story of Saul, David, and Jonathan. They have been so interested that several times I had to read them more than one chapter. Then each says his prayers and repeats the hymn he is learning, Quentin usually jigging solemnly up and down while he repeats it. Each finally got one hymn perfect, whereupon, in accordance with previous instructions from Mother, I presented each of them with a five-cent piece. Yesterday, Saturday, I took both of them and Ethel, together with the three elder Garfield boys, for a long scramble down Rock Creek. We really had great fun. End of Section 19